Hey, Bookworms Pod. Uh, it's Kristen here. Um, we were fortunate enough to have at Darth Internus, that's uh, Tom over uh, on Twitter. Um, he works over at Delray. Uh, we were fortunate enough to, to have him come on the podcast for our wrap up of Canto Bite. Um, so, and he was so, so generous with his time um, that we actually had to break it up into two episodes. As you know, you know what it means when my sweet, sweet voice comes on here before the, the music drops. It means we talked a lot. Um, no, but really this episode and uh, next week's episode uh, are really, really good. The great content. They're actually like a lot less silly, but still silly enough. Don't don't worry. Um, <laughs> but uh Tom was just super generous with his time and um, with what he was able to tell us, um, both about how uh, he was he was key in uh, putting together Canto Bite as well as other good stuff about Del Rey. Um, so uh, that's what's coming up the first half of that, and next week we will drop the other half. Um, we'll talk to you then. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Book Wars pod. I am here with a Kate who is struggling not to laugh right now, but also Kristen as usual and a special guest today. We have Tom, Darth Internus himself. Uh, you know him from Twitter. You know him from his work with uh, Del Rey Publishing. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about the podcast um, and all of you awesome people. So happy to be here. Man, Tom. that is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to us. I know, right? I'm, un I'm already uncomfortable. So yeah. gracious. <laughs> pretending he's never listened to this dumpster fire before. <laughs> um, speaking of dumpster fire, who's drinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Tom, our guest of honor, do you have a beverage? Uh, I have a really, like extra fancy uh orange seltzer like it's Ooh. super fancy yeah it's I love like name it. brand and everything wow <laughs> that's amazing that sounds perfect. great what about you guys what are you drinking uh we are, are both drinking drinking... weird almond beverage again we are we are drinking uh, a, a a different almond yes. beverage we are drinking trader joe's brand uh holiday <laughs> holiday almond nog and, and at Southern Cynic is throwing up in a bag yep. right now as she listens. Yep. <laughs> Let it be that's known. What you were drinking last show, isn't that? N Kate yeah. was drinking chocolate peppermint almond beverage uh, last yes. show. Excuse. Kate is a woman Sorry. of many refined tastes. <laughs> many um, but refined non-dairy tastes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We also have um, Smith & Cross Jamaican rum in it as well. Which is delicious. Um, also, I will have our listeners know that I asked on our like company-wide slack channel like i did a like a slack poll is eggnog a a festive holiday beverage or b absolutely disgusting and festive holiday beverage won like 12 to 2 so what a huge sample size that sounds like it was really effective being that there are like a hundred some people who work at your company or whatever it is you know it's december people are busy i'm gonna i'm not gonna i'm gonna need to know what the t score is before i can comment on this um 
statistic jokes. That's uh, the. F- I got it. No, no, no. I got, one, I got there. It's the first one. It's the first one I've ever made. Um, I am drinking. Someone ask me what I'm drinking, please. Kristen, what are you what drinking? Are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, at Real Baby Bird is right next to me because she lives here now. If you missed that on our last episode, um, but I let her. We bought a bunch of beer the other day, as we do um, at Gigantic, which I've had a billion beers from um, on this podcast. But this is one of their uh, kind of special seasonals, um, and it is called uh, "The Cat Ate My Stash and Pissed on the Xmas Tree." <laughs> Um, oh no! So, <laughs> uh, it says, "Consider this IPA our holiday gift to you. It's loaded with the dankest, stickiest, drippiest, piniest hops we could get our hands on." So, uh, and I did have this on uh, on draft the other day when we were at Gigantic. But yeah, there's like a crazy. I'll take a picture of it so we can put it up on the Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's you know the cat ate my stash and pissed on the Xmas tree, so it's very piney. It's sure. very like resinous. It's very resinous slash dank. However you want to say it smells like weed. Um, yeah. That so, honestly sounds terrible. Like I'm sure it's delicious. Like I'm sure I just can't picture it. Oh, but Chris, you would hate terrible. this. Oh, would you I? Okay, great. would hate it. <laughs> it's not like you remember all the things we talked about on Let Me Plug My Other Podcast mm-hmm. um, <laughs> on uh, Tashi Station Brew House. This is like such an IPA that you would not like. This is like a very traditional. It tastes like like trees <laughs> and w- weed. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> Fair. You so, would hate well, it. <laughs> let me let me let me take back my measured. Uh, my measured uh, opinion of it. I, I, I'm not sure it's good. It's probably terrible and I hate it. Wow. Unqualifiedly. It's, that's aggressive. It's, <laughs> it's about not to be citru- Christmas. It's not citrusy. It's not fruity. It's so At funny all. because I like those things in hard alcohol. I was going to say, it's like, it's like not too far from gin, except for it has hops in it. So it yeah. doesn't taste like gin at all. I was going to say. Sounds but anyway, shout out to Real Baby Bird for for picking that out. Um, the, <laughs> we we do have a Star Wars beer in there, but I think I've had it on the podcast before. I, I think know. you have. I think you yeah. mentioned Star Wars nice. beers from Gigantic. Yeah, they well because they I think they've done one for each of the three original episodes. Oh, so them. the original trilogy. I know. Anyway, it's fine. Wonderful. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> this is not the beer podcast. This is why I started a beer podcast with Brian. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Tasha Station Brewhouse. You should all definitely listen to the last episode on which I made no. a fantastic beer. terrible. No. And I'm excited to see how it comes out. You're a horrible person. No, no, no. Listen, listen to it. Listen no. to the episode. Don't. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so we, as you... Would have had to guess because we haven't mentioned a book yet. But as you have oh, probably no. guessed, uh, we are wrapping up Canto Bite today. Uh, what are we, like 10 minutes in? We finally mentioned the book. Uh, it has been yeah. a long couple months that we've been reading this book just because we had some outages. But we're very excited to be wrapping it up. And that is part of why we have Tom on besides just wanting to have him on for his wisdom. Uh, yes. Because, Tom, you were uh, very involved with the editing and the whole process of putting this book together. Were you not? Yes, I was. Um, and this was a really fun project. Um, all of them are really fun, but this one was particularly a lot of fun to work on last year and put together. I can imagine. Awesome. 
I want to start by heaping praise on on, on, on this book Tom put together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I always like say. to start by buttering up our guests. I w- well, I was like literally just going to say, I think we can all safely say that like this is probably in our top five of canon books. Oh, man. It's definitely up there for me. I don't want to oh, speak yeah. for you guys, but it like, I also just like really like the novella format, which I know we'll talk more about because it's the wrap up and we get to do that. Um, but yeah, I just like it. I that format works really well for me as mm-hmm. as a reader because I'm like I have such a short attention span. It's really hard <laughs> for me. Um, but like I think I read all of these in one sitting, which is like kind of how I like to to do short stories and novellas. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I. <laughs> My, my very um, descriptive <laughs> comment that I stuck on the outline was, um, I want to eat it, which is very high praise for me. <laughs> um, because I like, I don't know. I just like, I just, I just want to, I just want to hug this book. I guess I can hug this book if I really wanted to, but it's, it's we don't have it in ebook. We have to copy. It's true. Um, but uh, as Keith was saying, um, I really love the novella form. I haven't read as many of them like just in life as I would like to have because it's just like the redheaded stepchild of fiction like nobody wants to do nobody knows how to define them nobody wants to write them and so just um to put together this collection like this I think was like kind of ballsy and I like it like I'm super into it and the all of the writing styles are super different um but obviously all super good and all on the same topic so it all just worked for me really yeah we it was all authors we've read before except for one is that right um we've actually only read john jackson miller oh Um, never mind we have not read oh we sorry no you're right we have read ray carson in uh from a certain point of view correct we had never read saladin ahmed or mira grant before oh god mira grant's name is so familiar to me but that's just because it is she yeah, is probably. she is fairly prolific in mm-hmm. this genre as well. So that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I I will ask Tom then, since me and Kate already like are gushing novella wise. Um, <laughs> how did you guys pick the format, and why do we get to have so much fun reading it? <laughs> <laughs> so when we figured out that we you know we wanted to do a project around Canto Bite because we knew going into The Last Jedi it was this this big set piece um, part of the film and more importantly it was this new unique part of Star Wars you know a mm-hmm. whole city that was the wretched hive of scum and villainy but dressed up in just like you know like golden age Vegas kind of class and luxury and so we were like oh that that we got to tell stories there we have to tell you know stories plural there which is kind of what led us to the novella because we wanted to give people a sense of what Cantabite was like before they walked into the theater and saw it on screen. And, you know, we were toying around like, well, how do we tell a story? And we almost kind of immediately came to the idea of why are we just going to tell one? Because then we, we took a look at those images that you got when you saw the, um, the photo shoots they were doing for The Last Jedi. You saw just all those amazing alien characters they had created for Cantobite. And you're like, how could you just pick like one or two of these to tell a novel around? Let's tell a group of stories. Let's, um, let's tell a group of, of tales about this city. It'll let us see many different facets of the city. And it'll also let us interact with a bunch of different characters. So that led us to the short story novella format um, pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's um, not a stretch to 
um, to kind of see the the connective tissue back to something like from a certain point of view mm-hmm. or, um, you know, even back to the old Tales from books. Um, and they did Tales from Galaxy Far, Far Away, I believe, around The Force Awakens with all the characters from Maz's castle. Um, so, you know, it's just like a, it's a natural fit that that kind of storytelling fits in when you're you want to interact with all these new characters in a new environment. And then yeah. we just settled on, you know, rather than a bunch of short stories, we just settled on um, from what we thought would be the most enjoyable, doing some novellas. And then once we determined novellas, because that would get us how long each story was going to be, we figured four would get us to um, the length of basically a regular novel so that you could really feel like you were getting the full experience of a novel in four sh- stories. And we just kind of did the math on what the word count came up to. That's how we figured out exactly how many to do. That's awesome. Yeah. What I, you kind of like hit the nail on the head of what I love so much about this book is because we get, you know, in, in other books, we get, you know, the heroes, we get looking at our next book, we get your Anakin's, your Thrawn's, you get <laughs> a lot of Vader, you get Tarkin, you, you have the characters you see on screen. But for me, like what I love about the whole expanded universe of the Star Wars canon is that opportunity to see it as a larger galaxy. And we get that really in spades here because we get to see, you know, people who don't who don't have powers, who aren't strong with the force, who aren't, you know, particularly good at things necessarily. They're just people like they're going to work every day. They're the everyday heroes and non-heroes. And I love that small scale as like a change of pace that helps you put it all together as like a cohesive world why do you have to throw shade at Kedpin like that he's like good (laughs) at like one to two things probably he is fantastic at selling evaporators he is the that's not true you know that's you know that's not true (laughs) he's really good at selling evaporators he just had to fix the contest that one time because all the other times he won legitimately he didn't win exactly he is really good at that fair He's, he's good very at good at being contest. honest. <laughs> he's good at making friends too. He is yes. a positive, positive being, and as a cynical asshole myself, I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> oh my god, that's just great, Chris. Um, no, I just wanted to, to add on to your comment. That was a real comment. Instead of you just making fun of Kedpin, you rude. I was not making fun of rude. <gasps> whatever. Anyway, Kedpin uh, knows I love him. Does he though? Um. The cities are always this kind of um, good microcosm, like cross section of like slice of life sort of thing, because you get all sorts. And that's really, really, really apparent in this book. And we've talked about that a lot um, over the past few episodes. Um, But what I really like about this is that about the the format of the book is that obviously you and again, we've talked about how you get kind of all these different characters from different social classes, people who live there, people who don't live there, people who migrated there. Um, But also because they're novellas, you really kind of get to sink your teeth into the world a little bit more um, in a way that you wouldn't in a short story. Or honestly, even if it was a full length novel, because then you just, like Tom said, you'd just be getting one point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. um, My question that I think like is, kind of change i was i was actually thinking you might be asking what i'm about to ask kate um but that all said how did you decide or what went into the thought of the decision making of making everything kind of tangentially related and having some characters kind of like show up in in 
other uh, parts, like other novellas within the story itself. Yeah. So, you know, once we once decided, okay, it's going to be novellas, they're all going to be on Cantobite. Okay. So there's some connective tissue there, of course. But I I was just thinking of ways like what really can we make this feel like um, just make the stories feel a little more connected and a little more special. Um, And so it came up with this concept of, well, what if the whole story, the whole book takes place over one day and it's all this stuff happening on a single day and night in Cantobite? Um, and, uh, I think actually at one point we thought about calling the book one night in Cannabite, um, <laughs> but, um, then we just like, actually Cannabite's the words that people, you know, made more sense that way, just shorten it like that. But that was the idea. So what if we just made the whole story take place over one night? Because we wanted to tell stories that were going to take place in a really short time period. This was not going to be a full length novel of one story. So you weren't going to be spanning, you know, days and weeks and months, you know, even years, depending on the types of novel and story you're telling. So he said, okay, what if we made it all on one night? Which seemed like a really fun way then to have all of the stories interact with each other and kind of be in conversation with each other, but never get to the point where one story was going to um, be kind of brought down or fall apart because it had to adhere and connect and really fit in with one any of the other stories. They all just kind of fit together nicely like puzzle pieces. Um, but, you know none of the authors had to like completely redo or rethink their approach to their individual stories because they had to, you know, connect to another story. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted all the authors to really be able to put their individual stamps, have their individual themes and voices and, and approaches and explore the characters and things they wanted to. So we just kind of did all these little connective tissue things. Um, I also, because again, this is speaking back to the format with novellas, I wanted someone to be able to say, oh my gosh, Mira Grant is my favorite author. I'm going to open this book and read Mira Grant's story, you know, immediately. That's the first story I want to read. Or I love JJM or I love Saladin or, or whoever, you know. And I didn't want someone to necessarily have to read the book from page one to the last page sequentially if they didn't want to because a lot of people don't do that with short stories and novellas Mm -hmm. the format you know encourages you to kind of explore in your own way and so you know setting the stories up that way then again made it that whether you read them page one to page you know however long the book is um or you jumped around you would get that connective tissue in different ways and it worked it worked anyway Yeah, totally. And also it just sounded like a lot of fun to be like, oh, we're going to, you know, this is going to be cool. We're going to, you know, have one story kind of flow into the other a little bit or one of those things where like the camera pans to the right. But man, if it just kept panning to the left, you'd actually see the other story going on. But you're not quite going to get that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as speaking of someone who's who who works in editing, I would. Oh, my God, I would like just, just I don't know slap somebody to get a project like this like you know it just sounds like so much fun yeah and going to back to that process for a second and these are all questions that are very interesting to me and probably not to our listeners but like when you're talking about working with with authors exactly it is it is interesting i get asked about this stuff all the time i get asked about this stuff all the time people actually do find it interesting excellent i'm glad good 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 so like uh or so i tell myself (laughs) (laughs) thinking back to like working with the authors what is that process like so do you does do you and Delray in concert just pick authors to pitch do authors come to you and say I want to write this do they you know do you hand them a like 
picture of all the characters that like are going to be in Cantabite and be like, pick which ones you want to write about. Like, <laughs> how does how does the like prep for the actual writing happen? So it you know once we knew okay it's gonna be Cantabite book we're gonna do novellas we're gonna do four of them we're gonna you know the next step was okay who's gonna write these. Um, I love working with JJM. Absolutely love working with JJM. Anytime I can work with John Jackson Miller on something, um, I'm going to. So mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, and because it's just like I know John from uh, you know from a certain point of view and working on A New Dawn and you know every other project he's worked on, Rise of the Empire, he did a short story for us. Um, he wrote a short story for Lords. So he's done so many little things and stuff here and there. But we've spent so much time together that I actually knew that he had an interest and some experience and stuff with things like casinos and gambling. So I was just like, Oh, he's going to have a great, you know, he's going to have a great take. He's got a great story. Um, I had been a really big fan. Um, and, um, the, you know, friends at, you know, Lucasfilm and everyone had been really big fans of Saladin Ahmed and wanted to work with him on something. And this was just, Oh, there was an opportunity. Great. Going to work with him. Uh, Ray Carson's, um, story and from a certain point of view just floored me i loved it i loved everything about it and so that it was again it was just like i keep kind of lists of people i we either have work with that i want to work with again or who i've never worked with that i think they would be amazing in a star wars story or their their voice their perspective would be amazing in the galaxy far far away so when something like this comes up particularly a project like this where there's a lot of opportunity you can hire more than one author basically just go down my list and think okay who do i think could really do well here based on what their sensibilities as an author are so that's kind of what brought how it got me to ray and mira and sally dean and, and jjm um, I also wanted to make sure that we had kind of a diversity of voices from a lot of different levels mm-hmm. on a project like this. Cause I've got four stories to tell, which means I can get, you know, four perspectives, four identities, four, you know, points of view that really should all be different. Because if I get the same person or the same type of person or the same type of writer to write all four of these stories, what's the point? Um, that's not really fun or interesting. Um, so there was that then to kind of bring it back more directly to your question, Chris, um, once I had them all bored, I basically just handed them the, these dossiers of pretty much all the aliens that you saw. If you saw any of those images from the early photo shoots and photo spreads they did for the last Jedi. And we kind of had dossiers on pretty much all the aliens. Um, most of them only had a couple sentences of background. Uh, some of them had a little bit more couple of them didn't really have much of anything aside from like a name. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them didn't even ha- really have names yet. They had like names for what character, like their, their species maybe, or, or some other defining characteristic, but they didn't have, like they had an occupation, but they didn't even necessarily have a formal name. Basically said to them, okay, everyone pick a couple characters. You're writing a novella. Everyone pick a couple characters. Um, you know, we had a, a really good conversation. We talked a lot about Cantabite, gave them a ton of information about the city, about the type of place it is, just, you know, everything you, you could want to know. And then they all picked. And I didn't tell anybody, you have to pick these characters. I didn't even tell any of them which characters I thought would make for a cool story. Mm. I crossed my fingers that someone would pick the characters that I liked. <laughs> um, like, I actually was really glad when... Um, John Jackson was just like, oh, the the triplets, the ones that look like Huey, Dewey, and Louie of Star Wars, like I want them. <laughs> oh, thank and God. I was yes. like, yes, yes, thank you. Because the moment I saw the picture of them, I was like, oh my gosh, we need, we need these people. Um, 
but you know when Saladin was like I want to write about that little guy who he's not wearing any clothes is he just got a little towel there no he's not wearing any clothes go for it um you know and when Saladin said I want to like write about the little naked guy and the guy who looks like you know like alien Batman because you know he's got that like (laughs) flowing cape yeah alien Batman uh, actually, I don't know if he used that term, but that was how I thought of um, Ang Lang in my head, like the whole oh, time. Yeah. So I was just referring to him, I think, in the office as Alien Batman and confusing everybody because no one had any idea who that was. I love it. Um, That's fantastic. But yeah, they all pick these characters and they all just, when they saw these characters, they saw the images, they saw the sort of dossiers, all these characters just jumped out to everybody. You know, everyone seemed to immediately know exactly the type of story they really wanted to tell with these characters um, because they all had these really great themes and perspectives that they wanted to bring. Um, So that's kind of how the four stories, their genesis came about. Um, And then the authors just kind of went off um, and other than telling them, hey, it's all got to take place over the course of one night. So, you know, don't try to tell a story that's, you know, four months long. (laughs) And um other than that, that was really all the guidance they needed to go out and kind of outline and find their stories and and then and then go for it from there. That's writer awesome. Magic. Yeah, writer <laughs> yeah. magic, exactly. Yeah, writer, writer magic. <laughs> uh, um, it's funny. I cannot help but notice how much we keep saying point of view. And I'm like, oh, this is how, this is why from a certain, certain point of view has this name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, well, and, and part of why I, I even bring that up is because I think um, other than like sort of the short story and pan right or left and you'll see some of these characters show up, um, I think this uh this book is a lot different. Canto Bites a lot different than from a certain point of view. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, just in its mechanics, right? Like it's four stories as opposed to however many were in from a certain point of view. But um, 40. Yes. Oh, yeah, 40. <laughs> 10 times as many. Math. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, and I don't mean to get us too far away from, uh, from speaking about format. We can always come back to that. But um, I think thematically, there's a lot of different things going on here. There's a lot of differences between um, Canto Bite and from a certain point of view, at least as far as like, what are the overtones um, in, in each of the stories and in sort of the uh, book as a whole. Um, And I know we wanted to talk about that. And um, who wrote this great question, Kate? Um, I think I wrote the question and then put absolutely nothing underneath it yeah. so i think that, so <laughs> just threw great. it out there great. for other so people ask, to do work ask ask the question because i, I think sure, it's a great one i sure i sure will um first of all i love i love how cognizant y'all at del rey are about um getting different perspectives in there um obviously super valuable in a book like this where the stories are designed to feel different like you definitely want them to feel different but it's also very evident in across the spread of books y'all have been putting out lately and it's made all of them so much fun to read because they're all so so different from each other yeah and sorry before we move on from that point i just like i just love the dissonance between uh something like uh saladin ahmed's story uh where it's very you know it's like very personalized where you're focusing on kedpan and anglang and it like feels very real and then you move from that right into the wine and dreams which like almost feels like breathy and like Mm -hmm. above it all in its tone. And I just love that difference that you get. And so like, I just want to second that. Like, I love that. Like, I think that's like part of the art is the voices that you're using. And like, that's just so well done here. Oh fuck. Yeah. That's totally true. 
Uh, yeah, some of us love what's going on at Delray so much we started a podcast about Star Wars books. Who did that's, that? That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the question is, um, I think uh, Canto Bite and The Last Jedi, you know, as a whole, introduces uh, some new themes and concepts into Star Wars, but obviously it, it all feels like Star Wars, and that's because um, it continues a lot of uh, the, the things that we're always talking about when we talk about Star Wars, so I just wanted to talk about what those things are. <laughs> Kristen, since you were the first person to actually put an answer here, I feel like you have to go first. Yes. Okay, well, that's rude, because you know I wrote, like, one thing, and it's dumb. Um, it's not dumb. I, just, it, it, I mean, it's 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 dumb in insofar as anything I put in any outline is uh, sort of like this. I, I wrote, don't have an um, opinion be- on my own question. <laughs> I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you're the good question asker. It's a thing. Um, okay. Because <laughs> sure. you're the English teacher of the, of the, of the pod. Thanks. Um, <laughs> um my theme that I picked out was uh, beings are garbage, question mark, <laughs> like, <laughs> which um, to expand upon that, I mean, like, you know, we, we explore a lot of like good and evil and um, we even explored, quote unquote, light side, dark side. If you want to listen to um, episode 70, where we talk about um, JJM's story, The Ride, um, and whether or not the force is in play there. Um but, I mean, like, there's just, it's Star Wars, right? So there's, like, beings doing shady things that <laughs> are not cool and, like, it affecting innocent bystanders really negatively. <laughs> so, I mean, like, obviously I think about uh, Kedpin's story um, and just all of the shit that he has been put through. Um, I mean, things, he does keep a positive attitude. It's kind of like this interesting... Um, He's he's not scrappy in the way that we've seen some other characters throughout the canon um, bounce back from things by by sheer force of will. He's just like <laughs> tries to be happy, and he's like, "Oh shucks, I've been swindled. Just gonna keep going." <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think like that's very typical Star Wars uh, under undergirding of you know there is light and there is dark and there is good and there is evil and there are people who take advantage of good people and there are good people who kind of get the short end of the stick because of it yeah totally i think i think one really great thing that you um were talking about that i want to kind of just pull out is that um a lot of the story in star wars you know it's it's about character obviously you're in a fantastical uh, sci-fi universe, but Fake, I mean, faking in space. Correct. <laughs> but you know, the things that people really glom onto is obviously are the characters. Like if you didn't care about, um, Luke or Leia or Han, you wouldn't give a flying fuck about the rest of the universe anyway. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, the, everything kind of just hinges around characters and their motivations of what they decide to do and how they react to other people also doing things. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to have a Star Wars story where your main character kind of does not have an agenda of any kind. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Ked Penn's agenda is like, I won this vacation. I want to go have a really cool vacation in a place I've heard awesome things about. But really, he doesn't have an agenda. He just like wants to go have a good time. I know. The it's, end. It's the purest thing in Star Wars. He, he did not come out to be attacked and yet. I know. No. L- literally, yes. But it's okay because he won. He ended up winning in the end. Duh. 
I really, I like, I want somebody to write an extremely specific AU fic just for me where Kedpin is the one that goes off with the lucky three. I can do that for you. Yeah. I could have just asked for that for Christmas. I know. I really could have. You, you, live, with a, you live with an author. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I was just there drafting things. Oh, God. Tom already listens to this podcast. Drafting like bad smut fake and you're like not. <laughs> and you're like, you're like not asking me to write real things. Like I could write things that are just like, like nice and not. You this write nice well, there you go. soft fic too. I do. I know that, because that's the stuff you send to me. I do. <laughs> and then you scream because at me. Because you are our daughter, Kristen. <laughs> Nothing bad for you. Anyway, <laughs> themes, Chris, go. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, move, just move right along. <laughs> Speaking of a complete tonal shift. Um, um, I, you know, thinking about, like, themes that continue throughout Star Wars that I think are present in here, I like that, you know, and we talked a little bit about this, particularly... Uh, in uh, Ray Carson's story um, here. Hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing, if I have the order right. Uh, and just this concept of friendship and particularly found family, like, I feel like it's... Oh, yes. It's Like, it's strong throughout all of this because you have, obviously, uh, Lexo and his daughter in that story. You have the lucky three and... Oh, my God, why am I blanking Cal. on everyone? Cal, thank you. Uh, in uh, JJM's story... You have Kedpin and Englang in uh, that story. You have all these people who are all these beings who become friends and come from these different backgrounds and meet each other. And that, I mean, that's peak Star Wars right there. Like, that's that's what it's all about. And then I also just feel like personal honor really is like the sense of right and wrong or like fair and unfair is something that is like just really struck me. And particularly thinking about Englang in Saladin Ahmed's story like he is very yeah like he's like you know he's like not a good and evil person he's a realist he is somebody who has you know done bad things and you know earned money doing it and is ready to retire but he's (laughs) like you know what it's shitty of me to blow up this little naked alien for no reason (laughs) like it's that's a shitty thing to do (laughs) and like it's just this sense of like honor and like that I f- that to me goes back to Han coming back to the Death Star at Yavin and you know them going you know then Han being on the other side of them going to rescue him at Jabba's palace it's about relationships and this sense of right and wrong and like what makes you do the right thing yeah exa- and exploring that yeah. exactly um and then new ones for me it was money honestly i mean obviously we have seen money before in Star Wars specifically the taxation of trade routes but shut up uh (laughs) but like we don't see we don't see this dichotomy of rich versus poor as much in star wars we do a little bit in phantom menace because obviously anakin and shmi are slaves right and we see it a little bit with ray like scrounging around for we do yeah we do see it with ray yeah exactly but it's it's less it's less explicit because those are more like oh that's just this planet this whole planet sucks yeah and like that's true and like same with Tatooine, and That's like so true. Yeah. you, you see at least so, for me so far in Star Wars less of the like there are these characters who are in front of you who have privilege, and there are these characters mm-hmm. in front of you who pick up their garbage. Right, but yeah, we don't really see a lot of privilege in terms of class. We definitely see it in terms of speciesism with the Empire mm-hmm. and things like that, but not not so much when it comes to material wealth. Yeah, so I just, I loved thinking about that perspective. Yeah, totally. 
What about you, Tom? What were some of your favorite themes that you enjoyed working on here? Um, well, I mean, you actually mentioned them. I mean, when Saladin sent in, so when all their authors sent in their outlines, um, they all made notations of this or in my responses back to them and our feedback going back and forth, we started to talk about like, what is your story about? Because one of the things about novellas and short stories is because you have so much less time and you have to be more economical with your words because you just have less space, Mm -hmm. you really have to know from the jump, what is my story about? Because you need to be able to gear every single word and phrase and sentence towards that theme and concept. You don't have time to like find it. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you're writing a novel, you might have time to find it, right. but you don't in a, in a novella. So we actually talked about, you know, with Saladin, we talked about class struggle a lot. Mm. Um, and the way that you have kind of class struggle in, you know, small ways, like just the scene when he arrives in the quote, you know, in the spaceport and the way that he's treated like in line at the spaceport versus how he's then treated out in the city. Um, with Ray, we talked a lot about poverty and the, you know, uh, and this came up too with Mira as well because of the um, the servant that is in um, her story who ends up getting purchased, yeah. uh, yep. you know, by the twins. Well, she's not even really purchased, just sort of taken as compensation yeah. by, the, by the twins for being offended. Um, and then we, you know, in Mira's story, we talked a lot about the idea of the tr- the ba- the line between a story and the truth. Uh, Mm -hmm. And how much it matters and who gets to dictate where that is and how much people care about whether or not a story is true. Um, And then actually with JJM, it actually we talked a bunch about happiness and what does it mean to Mm -hmm. actually be happy? Um, Because Cal, in as much as he's trying to like solve gambling problems and solve debts and there's, you know, some very functional things he's trying to do in his story. A lot of it is just about figuring out what makes you happy and what happiness is for you and how how happiness evolves for you over time, particularly when you're focused on a passion or an interest that you had at one point in your life, how that passion or interest continues to make you happy or continues to, or changes the way it makes you happy mm-hmm. or how it makes you happy. Like, so we talked, we talked about so many different things in putting these stories together. Um, and some of the themes definitely cross over, but some of them were really very specific to the stories that the authors really wanted to tell and get across. Um, yeah, so, but you guys, I mean, you guys hit up, hit on a bunch of them and definitely even hit on some that I hadn't really thought about a whole lot, but are definitely evident on the page when you go back and reread them. Yay. Yeah. Do we get we a gold love, star from we Tom? We love Star Wars. <laughs> I don't really, I don't have gold stars, but sure. You can, you can have <laughs> I'm just laughing at, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kristen. Oh, I, no, this is, it's a beer non sequitur. Why would I, why would you ever <laughs> let me talk? Um, I just opened up the uh, sod busted uh, six return of the Simcoe fresh hop pail, um, which it. has like a demented uh, Ewok on it. And uh, yeah. Oh yes. The Ewok beer. The Ewok beer. Yep. The very upset evil Ewok beer. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Who has like three beers on the spit. Um, But it does say do or do not. There is no try Yoda on it. So, you know, we we do what we can. We actually might get so um, sorry not to talk more about beer, but it's what I do. Um, (laughs) You're not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They they actually sell all of the. the art prints for all of these special beers. So like all of usually the ones that I drink on the, um, 
on the pot or like the if you'll ever hear me say like beer 72 or beer 76 or beer 55 or whatever mm-hmm. um these are like the small batch that they do um but they last time we were there i saw uh like a return of the simcoe uh art that was framed and we almost bought it so oh, we might tr- i might try to like get all of them and put them somewhere in the house if i, I can. mean I mean, the votes in votes in favor of yes are you and Miranda, so right, you already outnumber Quinn. <laughs> yeah, so. there you go. Oh yeah, I mean, we would just do whatever we want anyway. But <laughs> it's it's more about it's because I think like I, I it's great because I think it, a lot of the proceeds go to local artists who oh, do cool. the actual art. But I think they're like forty bucks a pop, so that's why I like haven't done it already. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have to just be like thoughtful about it. But um, me and yeah. everything Star Wars that I. You know, know, could I could I buy this? Yes. Is it fiscally responsible? Absolutely not. <laughs> I know. I'm already afraid for celebration in my bank account. It's fine. It's, be, it's we'll we'll cross that bridge in April. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, anyway um, thank you. That has been beer interlude. Yes. The only thing I was gonna say was just like. Oh right, you had a point. <laughs> it it wasn't a point. It was also somewhat a non sequitur based on Tom's answer. Just like cackling at the line between truth and story being a theme, and just like thinking back to a few weeks ago. I think it was uh, Matt Martin at Missing Words uh, of Lucasfilm mm-hmm. who was like, this is the official moratorium on me telling you whether something is canon or not. Oh, that poor man. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Because, like, like, man. like not in like a, like funny, like mean way, just in like a, like, that's what Star Wars is. Like, it is a story. Is it real? Is it not real? Like, that's, these lines are what we're dealing with. And so it's just like, it, and, it fits. It's it's fitting that that's a theme. Absolutely. And, I mean, y'all know how much I love that shit because I literally wrote my undergraduate thesis on this because I'm a nerd. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you, you and this is just uh, one thing. You talked about, um, Chris, you were like, I don't know what, like, cut scenes, scenes that ended up on the cutting room floor where they fit into canon. <laughs> you said that last week. And I was oh, like, yeah. God, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, yeah, this is yeah, just, yeah. Why did you even have to mention that? I wasn't even... <laughs> I'm so simple-minded compared to <laughs> most people who think about Star Wars all day. I'm like, oh, no. no <laughs> now I have to worry about... Now I have to worry about these cutscenes and whether or not they're canon. <laughs> no, but you're... No, but, like, not worrying about it is the answer. Like, not I know. Worrying, not worrying about it is just, like, this is a fun story. Like... Does it, like, fit narratively in the, like, does it, like, fit to me and it, like, makes sense? Like, cool, I enjoy it. Like, does it, then does it matter if it's canon? Like, this is, like, an ongoing thing that I'm sure we'll come back to many times. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, It's all fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Exactly. It is all fine. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Situation normal. No, but honestly, once you start, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to, like, speculate about things. But once you start, like, just, like, poking it with a stick and then getting angry about it. Like with all things, just, just go go eat a sandwich. Calm down. It's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're ever at the point where Star Wars isn't fun, you should do something else for a little bit and come back. Totally. Anyhow. Um, I think we talked about the next point. We did talk about the next point. Okay. So I was going to grill Tom with another well, couple of public... Oh, I nope. had, well, uh, well, I just wanted to... The thing is, uh, so... Blah, 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 blah. Um, so the next question was about, you know, advantages and disadvantages to the novella form. And we talked a lot about the advantages. And I think the fact that um, Canto Bite is a collection kind of mitigates um, the big disadvantage of novellas for me, which is always that, you know, obviously, um, as we've been saying, they're on the shorter side. So I'll get to the end and I'm like, but where's the rest of it? <laughs> so I just kind of like get to keep going. 
I mean, I still feel like, but where's the rest of it about this book, generally speaking? But that's because I loved it so much. So that's mm-hmm. not a problem with stories or anything or missing things, missing out on things with the universe or anything. But that's me. Yeah, one thing for me that, you know, we've we talked a little bit about this over the past few episodes, but like a potential disadvantage with novellas in general that I don't think was the case here was like it can be hard to make that connection to characters that like mm-hmm. generally takes like chapters and backstory to build up. But with like I feel like all the authors here just did such a good job of being so oh god yeah. engrossing from the jump and like like Tom like you said just being very economical with their words and with their characterization mm-hmm. and making sure that that point was getting across. Yeah. And so like it was certainly a risk, but like I think one that absolutely paid off. Yeah, I'm well that that's great to hear and the I think one of the tricks too is you kind of quickly figure out okay, for each story, what's the thing that's going to hook you? So with Ray's story, mm. like it's you just you want Lexo and you want the 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 parent child relationship there. So start the story with a really wonderful warm conversation between a parent and a child and you know rubbing the balm on the the arthritic fingers it's just like oh my god you're in you're in on those two characters mm-hmm. so quickly but then you juxtapose that with like Mira's story which is totally about the way she describes the city and the way that her characters see the world of Cantabite so let's like have Durla do this big sweeping amazing description of the city as she arrives to it and really like sell the kind of dream of Cantobite because she is then going to immediately just start tearing down the tapestry and the walls and show you the kind of the ugliness behind it. But then you jump over to Saladin's and it's like Kedpin is just the the both the the uh, sweetness of Kedpin and also a little bit the absurdity of Kedpin. <laughs> so just immediately, let's put him in a crazy situation in a spaceport. Like let's just let's get a little bit bonkers and nuts, but also really um, lean into like this is like the most innocent, sweetest person you could ever put in a what is going to become a terrible situation. <laughs> and so it was really just finding what exactly was the thing that would get people into the story and make that the start of the story. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what we had to do, no matter what else we had to rearrange, like even structurally for that to work, make sure that's where we started because then you would get people and you, you know, you wouldn't be wasting words. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like that's always a thing with me. First drafts are like, you finish it and then it's just like, oh, let me just like lop off literally the first half of this. (laughs) I definitely, as I, I am not an editor, but as somebody who specifically reads your work, before other people generally do mm-hmm. yes that is it you do have some patterns and you do you generally see that of your own work but it's also like just... this is very interesting and i feel like could be an appendix instead of the first <laughs> chapter of this book <laughs> love you reading my brain garbage hey guys Kristen again um again that was episode 71 um that was our first uh the first half of our wrap-up of Cantobite. Um, just wanted to say a huge thanks again to Tom for being on the pod. Um, you can find him at Darth and Turnus on Twitter. Um, we, as always, uh, obviously went too long on this episode. Um, so like I said, next week will actually be the drop of the second half of this. Um, and then after that, we're actually going to start reading Throne Alliances by Tim Zahn. Um, so you're going to want to read the start of that book through chapter six. Um, you can find Book Wars Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and via email. 
at bookwarspod and at bookwarspod at gmail.com. Um, if you're so inclined and able to do so, uh, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon um, or give us coffee. Uh, that's ko.fi.com slash bookwarspod. Um, that helps us keep this going for y'all. Um, you can also, if you don't want to donate monetarily or you're unable to at this time, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us uh, at Bookworks Pod and uh, the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Um, if you give us coffee, as always, I skipped this part, um, we will send you Hamlet pictures and also it'll help us uh, throw pins at your face in a safe manner during uh, Star Wars Celebration. Um, our theme song is Was Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. I'm terrible at doing outros and I will talk to you guys next week. What um, else? Oh, go ahead, Kate. We're... No, go Kate. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>